Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were introduced to a new sport today we'd never heard of before. Uh, It was Spagomi, Japanese sport. Mm. And it was the World Cup. So uh, we found out a bit more about that from uh, a couple of the people involved. Uh, Team GB doing very well in that. Um, Stan Collymore joined us. Yeah. Before we chat got about stuck strikers. into the games this weekend, we had a bit of a general chat. Yeah, a bit of a striker chat, really, which we'll bring you. And Martin Kellner gave us a week of sport on TV. He's been checking out a couple of big sports documentaries. So um, that should do. You had a bit of a chat as well at the top. Uh, here it all is. <laughs> I love this story about British Airways pilots helping with VAR. Yeah. I can't wait to see Jared Gillette sig- signalling to Michael Oliver with the semaphore paddles. That would be good, yeah. Be <laughs> I wonder how much... What other things... If you've got any other thoughts on what could happen when BA pilots get involved, there'll be a lot of... I was listening to a podcast recently, mm. and the, the thing that people... When they say talk about pilots talk over the PA systems, you get a lot of... Uh, you get a lot of errs. Apparently, yeah. when pilots speak, is that something you've ever noticed? Mm, when I, they're kind of talking quite slowly, you get lots of errs, uh, long errs, long errs, and long. We'll be flying over. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I no? haven't noticed that. This we had, thing, we had three British Airways pilots watching the show on Monday. We could have asked them. I know, they, that's they, true. they never said a word. If only they'd broken the news. But so I love it could the, be a lot of that squeezing <laughs> in. Some, some of these mock-ups in the tablets are so mad. Flying the flag. How ref's chief Howard Webb might look as a BA pilot. And they're giving him an... And they, what's the point? He actually looks... I think he looks really good as a BA pilot. I don't know what you thought. I think he looks like Blakey from on the buses. (laughs) He's never actually going to be flying a plane, though. There isn't really any point in mocking him up as a pilot. Some of the VAR officials may have to go and do their job for a while, see how they get on. Oh, you wouldn't want that. Not if you're in a plane. Don't want Darren England flying me anywhere. (laughs) Not after some of those VAR calls. It wouldn't be great, would it? Can you imagine... (laughs) Yeah, but we're about to crash down. Yeah, can't go back though, can we? Can't go back. <laughs> Game's kicked off. Plane's taken off. I can't go back. No, just just pull it back a bit there. No, I can't. I'm not allowed to. No, you can because we're going to hit the ground in a minute. And it was interesting that 79% of people would like VAR to remain and obviously they'd like the rules to change. We all would. And there, there is a... I've watched two of the Chelsea Women's Champions League games and there's no VAR in the... <clears throat> excuse me, in the Champions League, Women's hmm. Champions League. And there have been two clear offside goals and a penalty that was about six foot outside the area. And you think, there is a point to it. You know, yeah, of course you, there is, you, yeah. You know, it, but it's setting the parameters and making mm. it work. 
isn't there really? Yeah, it's not it quite how we all imagined. I don't. We'll talk to Henry Winter about this. What did we imagine? I've heard our own Danny Kelly say he was all for it, but now he wishes he'd never <coughs> said. Well, he thought it would eradicate the mistakes, but you, mistakes are just part of the game. It's just whether the trouble is the VAR ones are less excusable because yeah. you've got a chance to see it. You've over got a second set of eyes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So anyway, we'll chat to Henry about. It. He was writing about hmm. them today. The idea that uh, that BA pilots have been doing their bit. And I spoke to one of our team here, he's a referee, and he was telling me something which we'll throw into the mix with Henry as well, even at grassroots level. Uh, but yes, 70, as Andy said, the Times poll says 79% of fans want to keep the system. They just want it to work more effectively. Uh, anything else? Yeah, did you see Daryl Hall, the singer, has attained a restraining order against his partner, John Oates? I did say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. They still perform together. I was thinking you should try and get one against me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been trying for years. I just can't make it stick. It's very Honestly, difficult, yeah. A strange relationship they must have. Did you see that um, one of the um, pilots who did some work with them was called Chris Heaven? Oh, really? Chris Heaven, H-E-A... Not Hall of Notes. No, no, no. <laughs> Chris Chris Heaven. Chris Heaven, that's One of the pilots name. who worked in... I think BA pilots are working with VAR. Uh, sorry, working with Hall of mm. Oats. That would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> to try and get them back together again. They're being brought in for all sorts of things. But anyway, uh, Chris Heaven. Uh, we're interested in any TV formats for Chris should he decide he doesn't want to be a pilot anymore. Yeah. So uh, see what you can come up with this afternoon. We'll set you to work. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet J. Heaven's gates. <laughs> yes, yeah. around the country. Yeah. yeah, just looking at different gates. That was right. <laughs> Not much of a programme. Heaven can wait. I mean, it's maybe going to be films and songs. <laughs> Feels like heaven. That would be a quite, a weird, quite a weird show, wouldn't it? So all right, if you want to just flat... Well, I mean, we need more than that. You need to flesh them out. Yeah, you're going to have to put the whole programme because we can't sell it to TV. How many 21-year-old Ians do you know? Well, I'm an Ian. My middle name's Ian. You're not 21, are you? Not, You're not really. Not these anybody. days. <laughs> I bring it up because it's Ian Matson, your player. Ian oh yeah, Matson. Ian Matson. Yeah, that's right. Um, mm. 21. How many 21 year old Ians are there out there? Can't be many. That's true. And well, he's a Dutch Ian, isn't he? Yeah, I suppose he is. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not a modern name, Ian. I, I'm the, the youngest Ians I can think of is Ian Morris here, yeah, one of our yeah. producers. He's, I mean, and he's not 21, with respect. No, he's not no, that, I just, he's not look, that I bring old. it out about Rapoa nothing, but uh, <laughs> it is one of those names. It, it's odd, though. It's somebody, somewhere in Holland, there's a couple 21 years ago thought, mm. let's go with Ian. It's like Nigel's, isn't it? There's it's nothing the same wrong thing. with it. There's no. nothing wrong with it. I just, I just, uh, just run it past you. Um, uh, anything else? Um, yeah, it's interesting because IFAB, they published the list of all the people who are on the IFAB committee. Yes. Honestly, it's quite depressing, really, because these people are so powerful. This is all the VAR arguments, all the arguments in football really stem from... Not just these, VAR, from all rules. Everything stems yeah. from these people. That's such an important job, and they've got it so wrong. We all know they've got it wrong with offside. We all know they've got it wrong with handball. And it's amazing, isn't it? But it's these people. It's Gianni Infantino. Well, yeah. There you go. His right-hand man, Matthias Grafstrom. I mean, you just wonder, who are these people? Pierre Luigi... <laughs> I don't know. Luigi what Cal am I expected to know? <clears throat> I don't know. Pierre Luigi Colina, who, you know... I don't know. He was a good ref, but he doesn't seem to have done much since then. Arsene Wenger, who seems to have gone mad since he left football and joined FIFA. Mark Bullingham, the FIFA chief executive. No, the FA chief executive. Yeah, that's right. And Ian Maxwell, a man called Ian. Oh, yeah, he's not 21 either, is he? 
No, he retired in 2009 as a career as a defender and was managing director at party. So at least he was a footballer. No, but there's lots of people. There is a, fo- it's a technical football committee made up of lots of mm. ex-players. I think Daniel Amakachi's on it and people like that. So How do they get it so wrong? It's well, amazing, I, isn't I, it? I guess they don't get asked a lot. And I guess that, you know, if, if you're in that situation, are you, what are you going to do? Gonna... You know, but they must watch football every weekend and see these terrible... Ridiculous offsides by a toenail. Do you want to stage an intervention? <clears throat> well, I want them to get it right. Do you want Arsene Wenger to go charging into Kalina and Ellery's <laughs> office and pin them to the ground? I think I do. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, we'll see if we can do that. And that's, that's it. We're taking like a coup, <laughs> a football coup from the people at the very top of the game. Right, going in there, sort of firing a revolver into the ceiling. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy, I don't know if you saw yesterday that Sorry. Tiger Woods and his son Charlie are going to compete at the PNC yeah, Championship yeah, for the fourth straight year. And I was just beginning to wonder if it was like a sport billy competition between famous families who'd come out on top. Hmm. I mean, you, you could get everybody together. I mean, in in you know, in history, obviously you'd have the Charltons in there, but if you're talking about currently, the Beckhams v the Woods. I don't know. I mean, it depends what sport they're playing, of course. It yeah. could be a bit like superstars, a kind of family fortunes. That's how I'm going to pitch it, Andy. I'm okay. going to pitch it. Family <laughs> fortunes meet superstars. That's good. Yeah. Can you see that? Well, yeah, you can see anything. They'd never do it, would they? Imagine, no, I don't like, think we'd never the, get the money. It's the we? insurance, isn't it? It, these would days. Be, it would be the insurance. Yeah, OK, I'll put that on the back burner. Fair enough. Anything else? Mm, well, um, I, well, I tell you what, we did, ask, we did ask about Chris Heaven, didn't we? Chris oh, Heaven. Yeah, good, yeah. Not Chris Heavens. Uh, from uh, Virgin Radio, but this is Chris Heaven, the BA pilot. Because <laughs> he's uh, very similar to Chris Evans, isn't he's it? Quite, yeah, Chris Heaven. Chris Evans. Um, Bob and R. Bro says each week different celebrities go around to hammer on Chris's front door and he has to guess who they are by asking them questions without opening the door. Yes, it's knocking on Heaven's door. <laughs> yeah, we'd all watch that, wouldn't we? We want some TV uh, formats for him. So, that sounds marvellous. Yes, uh, keep that coming. Chris Heaven and Joan Armour Trading visit the country's highest peaks and buildings where Joan throws Chris from the top of them to see how quickly it's the bottom. That's a very limited format, Steve, in Mansfield. <laughs> it's called Drop the Pilot, obviously, but there'd only be one episode. <laughs> there we are. TV formats, maybe not as rich a seam as we thought for... Uh, Chris Heaven. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time to find out about a brand new sport and uh, even in even better news uh, Team GB of Team GB mm. have gone to uh, Tokyo and they have won this particular competition. It's called uh, Spogomi um, and here to tell us about it are uh, two of the Team GB team Sarah Parry and Alex Winship. Good afternoon guys. Good afternoon. Hello. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. I think it, it's going to take some explaining, Sarah. So first, tell us tell us how the sport works. Um, so it's a sport where you are given a kind of, on, you know which area you're going to be in, on the day about 10 minutes before you set off, you're given a map, um, which is about five kilometres square metres. And um, within that area, you can pick up as much litter as you can within 45 minutes. Um, you can walk fast, but you're not allowed any running. And it's teams of three and you must all stay within 10 metres of each other. Um, so you can pick up as many, you know, as much litter as you can and you get a certain number of bags. So you have to be quite strategic about what sort of litter you think is worth the most amount of points. Um, and then when you've done your 45 minutes of collecting as much as you can, you come back to the area you started um, and you sort it out into the correct recyclable components and then it's all weighed and different bags are worth different amount of points depending on the weight and the team with the most points wins. 
Um, there's there's even more rules than that, and there's different deductions you can get, and you have an umpire with you, all the teams, and these sorts of things. So it's it's a bit technical, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds like fishing the way you <clears throat> you weigh it up. The thing is, this was in Japan. Excuse me. <clears throat> This was in Japan, and I've been to Japan a couple of times. It's pretty clean. Did you, did you, do they have to actually put the litter out for you to tidy <laughs> up, or is there enough litter to collect? Uh, no, so, yeah, none of it's planted. Um, but, yeah, the streets are quite immaculate, so it was a real uh, struggle trying to find the litter. Um, but, yeah, in the UK, it was a lot easier. But, yeah, in Japan, we really did struggle. We really had to really really go looking for it and going looking down like alleyways nooks and crannies and under machines and things like that so uh yeah half the task was trying to find the litter to be honest yeah so a lot of the litter ended up being between really tall buildings and really narrow gaps so i would kind of squeeze between the buildings and fish out as much as i could because i was the smallest team member and then alex and johnny who are much taller and stronger would then have to carry it back to the sorting area for us so we kind of all worked together to find something this is the kind of logical conclusion of plogging, isn't it? We've talked about that jogging and picking up litter. So this is it in a kind of World Cup format, Alex. And so how did you find out about it? Is it is it the Japanese that came up with the idea to turn it into a sort of formal world tournament? Um, yeah, so as a Japanese sport, I think we learned on Wednesday that it's actually been around since 2008, did oh, you say? Right. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, they do play it in Japan and, you know, litter picking is much more common in Japan within organised teams. Um, so I think they held this initiative that they wanted to get it to other countries. So that they came up with the idea of doing this World Cup. Um, and we actually found out about it. The story gets stranger um, because my brother lives in Brazil and he is actually the Brazilian champion. <laughs> um, really? and so then he told us about it and we entered in London. So we're the UK champions that have then gone on to all compete together in the World Cup and become the world champions. Fantastic. It's uh, So hmm. um, will you go back and defend your title? Is it is it an annual thing, this? Uh, so the next one is in 2025, hmm. and we've been invited back for that. So we're not too sure at the moment uh, if we're coming back to compete or if it's coming back to be like a ambassadorial role. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, so we've been invited back for 2025, but we're just not really sure... Um, hmm under like what grounds at the moment but yeah so looking forward to that uh, and finally Sarah you, you've run a lot of marathons before but I, I read I read somewhere you said this was as tough as anything you've done um what made it so sort of grueling then um I think you know power walking is really hard uh when you're doing it fast and when you're doing it with a lot of weight on you as well so you know I think you can read we carried we collect over 50 kilograms of rubbish so and you know at points you're one and a half miles away so you're having to power walk back cover one and a half miles at very quick pace with maybe you know all carrying you know 10 kilos or something mm. on your back so just in plastic bags so you're really exhausted and you know it's it it's got a lot of strategic tactics and there's a lot of psychological pressure you know you have there's points get deducted every minute that you're late and you have to do your own timekeeping and these sorts of things so there's a lot going on and obviously you're weaving in and out of Shibuya crossing in Tokyo so you, you're trying to watch cars you're trying to watch other pedestrians you're <laughs> wow. trying to so it's exhausting sounds like a computer game yeah, well, look, congratulations amazing. to you and Alex's brother uh, Jonathan who's uh, part of the trio and uh, well it's great we've not had a great summer sports wise so yeah, it's, uh, good. It's, it's good to land yeah, gold I hope you'll be on sports personality of the year that would be good yeah, we can go and clear <laughs> up afterwards <laughs> certainly <laughs> that true. would be great yeah. yeah thanks very much Sarah yeah, thanks but, Alex yeah, 
nomination for that. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Kenny and Pentino's lobbying for the next championship to be in Saudi Arabia. Of course. Yeah, he wants the yeah. next. He definitely wants the next Bogomi to be happening somewhere in the Middle East. He hasn't made his mind up yet. It depends. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. But we are joined now by Stan Collymore as we look into the weekend's football. Good afternoon, Stan. Evening, uh, chaps. Afternoon, chaps. Are you ready for the big um, um, Hawksby Collymore Sunday yeah. more, uh, Sunday afternoon clash, Paul? Uh, well, I, I tell it's you, not I'm, a fair fight, Stan. I wouldn't mind playing you with a with a full squad, Stan. We'll see. But I mean, the whole game's going to be played in a basically a strip of carpet in the middle of the pitch, isn't it? Really, <laughs> everything will be concentrated there. The, the battle of the high lines. It will be interesting. So let's have a couple of talking points today. One on Ivan Tony's and quite a few of the papers. Few suggestions that he'll probably see, you know, he'll see out the rest of the season when he returns with Brentford, and he's obviously going to be in demand. I mean, it's probably a daft question, but I take it you're a fan of his work. Massive fan. I mean, he he and and Buemo, I mean, they're not strictly a sort of partnership, but they they play very well together. They they they're my two favourites in the Premier League. Every kind of three or four years, you have a new favourite player or favourite players, players that take the eye, and you go, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd go. And and to pay and watch them. And Mbwemo and Tony, when they play really well together, I think are exceptional. They they both like the ball into their feet. They both can twist and turn, move the ball off the line. They're both dynamic enough to run in behind. And and funny enough, actually, because when we're sort of chatting about some of, the, sort of, sort of, some of the topics and, you know, Gabriel Jesus saying goal scoring is not his strong point. If you look at um, Ivan Tony. He's, he's getting a goal every 2.1 games currently. If you, it, As a striker, as a former striker, you're always told by other great strikers, the benchmark for, excel, for excellence, we're talking about AAA rosette standard, mm. is better than a goal every every other game. 
So he's just on that. So you can see why many clubs would look at him. Um, as well as his goal scoring, his all-round play, I think he's excellent. And I think that he's got, in terms of a skill set that you want from a centre-forward, he's got every single attribute, back to goal, over the top, moving into channels, appreciation of space, appreciation of his teammates, as any striker in the Premier League. He's also a leader when you watch him the way he is with the other players and we watch him yeah. live it's and clear he's, he's, a, he's a penalty guarantee as well Stan you factor mm. that in set pieces you know you can't overstate that either yeah and I think that you know obviously what he's going through he'll be it'll be very to put you inside of a mindset of a player that's had sort of injuries that keep you out for six to eight weeks or other players and of course I, I when I was at Aston Villa I had, I had a couple of months out really through mental health issues which now you know you see players now that take that time to be able to deal with those kind of issues is that it's very difficult you go in and train every day knowing that you're not going to play and so you have to keep yourself uh, motivated your habits good and your discipline's good so it's going to be really interesting to see Ivan Tony what happens when he comes out of this whether he's the sort of motivated pent up frustration uh, clubs put a bid in for him he goes to another club and he gets his 25 30 goals a season or what what the impact will be um I suggest as Andy just said he's a he's a he's very big character he's very much a leader and I think he'll be just like a coiled spring at the moment. Just cannot wait to get back out on the football pitch. So whoever gets him, whether he stays at Brentford or whether he moves up, moves on elsewhere, for me, watching strikers, that is is my speciality amongst watching other players in other positions, of, of course. He he has the lot and he will bring a lot to, to any football team that he plays in. Now, um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about Tony Woodcock, the, the, a former uh, England player. Legend. Forest, of course. Yeah, you'd love, <clears throat> you'd love Tony. Um, he was talking about the three-week winter break that Harry Kane will get as about that. Bayern Munich mm. plan. Again, I've something I hadn't really thought about. He felt when he was playing that really recharged his batteries. He thinks it will do Harry a lot of good. And it does make you wonder in these tournament years, and I know it's difficult with all the fixtures, it does make you wonder whether they could find a bit more room for another week off for players uh, in, in those big years when they've got another summer of football. The answer is obviously yes. I mean, I think that we're all advocates of, or anybody watches a lot of football, of less football. And it's at a time when FIFA, UEFA are looking to cram more games in to satisfy the appetite of, of bigger clubs, more money. Um, FIFA are looking at UEFA in particular and saying, you know, if we get the Club World uh, Cup, which of course is going to be in Saudi Arabia, in uh, which Manchester City will be taking part in in November, December, is that you're looking at an ever-increasing amount of games. That's without Nations League, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that the Germans can do it says yes, it means yes, we can, is is the is the truth. The the the, the problem, the issue is 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 partly cultural around Christmas football, seasonal football. It's when we all traditionally get out and watch lots of games. Um, so there, there might be an issue pushing it back beyond Christmas, but not an impossibility. And it's going to be fascinating again. Harry Kane, let's not forget, is that is is the the again the A bracket kind of player type of player that has been playing pretty much, you know, 10, 11 months of the year round for the best part of ten years or more now. So you do get into very much a mindset that if you know that you're going to be playing, you know, Champions League football, all of your club friendlies, you're chasing national records you're chasing international records, you're playing all the games possible over a season, that a three-week break 
for some players might be, oh, crikey, I'm not used to this. It's that classic dilemma of mm. when you give teams the, the sort of extra week or so off, they haven't played Premier League games for whatever reason. Sometimes they come back and they hit the ground running and you think, yes, they've obviously benefited from that break. And sometimes they can be a little bit leggy. And there will be as many players, chaps, that will tell you, I don't quite like the three weeks off. I would rather just have a quick week, get back into it, recharge the batteries that way. And it will be fascinating to see, particularly with Harry, in the second part of the season where you'd imagine that uh, he'll be chasing a Bundesliga title and maybe Champions League. That, that, what, the, the Harry Kane that we see come Brazil and Belgium come March time and then in the Euros, the first question I would be asking him if England were to do very well in the Euros, how did that three-week break make a difference compared to all of those years in England? So I, I, I hope somebody asks the question at the end of the Euros because it would be fascinating for players to hear. Just a real quickly on Gabriel Jesus, who, who has said after Brazil this week uh, that scoring goals is not necessarily his strongest suit. He said, I played to score a goal. That's why I'm in the national team. Scoring goals, a game will happen naturally. I mean, he's, he's basically saying that he, you know, he brings other things to the team. What did you make of that as a striker? Yeah, it's an interesting one. From a statistic point of view, he's in there with Ollie Watkins. Gabriel Jesus, a goal every 2.7 games. Watkins, 2.6. Diogo Jota, a goal every three games, so better than him. Uh, Darwin Nunez, a goal every three games, so better than him. Marcus Rashford, a goal every 3.2 games, so better than him. So I think he's been a bit harsh on himself, save for the fact that some of those other names are probably better at creating chances, moving into spaces and helping other other players. Could he polish it up and score more goals? Yes. I think that the biggest thing is, uh, I looked at the statistics and uh, Bakayo Saka's only played 50, 50 Premier League games less than Jesus, despite being five or six years uh, younger. Reason why that is, because he didn't play the, the full requisite amount of games for Manchester City. Can he do better for Arsenal? Yes. Should he be greedier? Yes. Um, but his goal-scoring record isn't too too shabby at a goal every 2.7 games. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, we had a little piece today in the papers about the rise, the rise yeah. of the sports documentary. They're, they're a hot property. I mean, Amongst we went, people who don't like sports. Yeah, well, which we is went for a kind of fallow mm. period for sports documentaries, but it's back with a vengeance, and there's lots of stuff on the... I say the streaming channels have made the difference. Anyway, why are we talking about this? We should bring the man that brings a sport on TV every week uh, to join the conversation. It's squad number nine, king of overnights, massive in Kuala Lumpur. It's Martin oh, Kellner. Good afternoon. Yeah, well, it's, inter- <laughs> it's interesting to mention that because in advance of the uh, of the Las Vegas Grand Prix last week on my uh, hit uh, Graveyard Shift show, yeah. um, we were discussing how there's, you know, because we know Formula One is not um, an indigenous American sport or not an indigenous American format, if you like. Yeah. Um, but because of the Netflix documentary, Drive to Survive, which has been a massive hit, Mm. Uh, it's got a whole new audience in the USA for Formula One. And cashing in on that, I suppose, yeah. we've got Braun, the impossible Formula One story, which is currently mm. streaming on the Disney Channel, nice. um, who obviously you know, had the hit with the uh, Wrexham programme. So um, they know the value of a sports documentary, and there's loads of money behind this. It's, you know, it's a lavish... Uh, Productions got Keanu Reeves uh, mm. is presenting. Yes, it. he was on with Andy Goldstein, Darren Ben, mm. talking about it. 
recently. Was he? Yeah, yeah. 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 You must feel a bit... The acting work dried up. Me What's going on? Well, I don't know. Just, I didn't <laughs> well, like, he, he didn't sound like he was the biggest of Formula <laughs> One fans either, so it was quite an interesting choice. I yeah. Guess. He looks very much... You know, because he's got that straggly hair now, mm. Keanu Reeves. Looks very much like a, a refugee from a, a Kiss tribute band. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like Ian Danter. Um, <laughs> no so, for that. <laughs> He'll have you when he sees you. He's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> no, he knows I'm joking. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a great story. I mean, it's, you know, if you are interested, even if you're not interested in Formula One, we know that the story of Formula One is the quest, the endless quest for more downforce, obviously. Mm. Uh, and Ross, Br- Ross Braun is the, I mean, obviously he's the eponymous hero of this. Um, Ross Braun um, developed this uh, this system. He, he was with um, um, Mercedes for quite quite a while. Yeah. Um, sorry, he was Ferrari for uh, for quite some time, mm. and they won six championships under uh, Schumacher and all that. And he came up with this uh, double diffuser. He went to Honda. Uh, and came with this double diffuser. We get more grip, more downforce, you know, just what you wanted. It was very successful. Um, but when the economic crash came, uh, 2008, uh, Honda decided they, were, you know, they weren't going to put any more money into, um, into Formula One. Mm. So um, Ross Braun found out that it was going to cost them $100 million to close it down. And he said, well, you know, we'll do it. And he, he, it was a sort of management, uh, a management buyout. But it was, you know, they really, I mean, for instance, the drivers who were Jensen Button and Rubens Barrichello were told that they couldn't afford to crash. You know, take it easy. Wow. No, seriously, they were told they could, they yeah. couldn't afford a crash. Which you'll you know, pay for that us, wing if you crash that car. Yeah, yeah. it was very much like that. You know, yeah. we, we've only got fire, theft, and third party. We've yeah. not got uh, <laughs> third party but, insurance. Yeah, that's a but, great I mean, idea. That, yeah. The the story is is just unbelievable. And when you look at, I mean, there's obviously a Formula One story at the moment, isn't there? With Christian Horner, who's on the who's on the show, hmm. uh, and he's talking about how. Um, Ross Braun is the smiling assassin. But there's a lot of that sort of quiet assassination going on in Formula One. I mean, for instance, there's one of the guys from... um, I think it might have been Ferrari, I can't remember, but when they were doing really well in the uh, in the trials, um, this uh, Ross Braun team, hmm. uh, they they caught this guy under the car oh. with uh, you know it was a guy from Ferrari. He was under the car hmm. with a torch, right. and they uh, they shooed him away. Yeah, they I mean, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, the Formula One story is is phenomenal. I mean, people do love it. Uh, and they love all the, um, you know, all the cloak and dagger stuff as well. And there's quite a bit of that in this. Uh, in so this four- I've, I've, I've read a couple of things about it. Sorry, Martin. And people have been saying that it's it's quite sort of a quirky um, style that Keanu Reeves has. He's an interesting choice to do something like this. I mean, he probably. I mean, maybe they're all doing meet- test match special next year. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, people have said there were a couple of reviews I've said. Once you get kind of into the style of the way he does it, 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 it sort of works. What did you it, think? It does work. Yeah, mm. absolutely works. And I think the reason for that is that, I mean, you know, when we saw sports documentaries years ago, you know, and, and it was things like, uh, you know, the 50 greatest World Cup goals or whatever the heck mm. it was, um, they were all very, you know, sports people. You'd see Des Lyme or whatever. Yeah. Those were the people in it. But now the, the, the whole thing, I don't know what this, I've not seen the article you've read, mm. but the whole thing has gone up a level. Yeah. And to prove the, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the proof. I've been watching the Ronnie O'Sullivan documentary as mm. well, the Ronnie O'Sullivan, the re- edge of everything. And there's sort of 
there's choral music. All of a sudden, it goes into choral music, right. and you think, why are they doing that? And then you think, oh, yeah, it's because they want to make it look classy. Yeah. They want to make it. You know, a lot of the tricks have been taken from. You know, proper directors, if you like. You know, mm. you'll see. Oh, there's a touch of Werner Herzog in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a good player. I saw, I saw him. I, I, I saw I, him do I, a I one four seven break once on Werner. <laughs> I, I want to ask Martin this though: that you know, these documentaries for me, they break down into two sort of distinct categories. There's the thirty for thirty, which are journalistic inquiries, really, really interesting. And then you get the ones I haven't seen the Beckham one, but it sounds so carefully controlled and manicured. And yeah. I just can't curated. be bo- curated. I can't. Be bothered with that. Yeah. Well, I think the thing, I think that's going out of fashion from the two or three that I've seen recently, uh, and even the the Rooney one, which had its uh, uh, had its terrestrial premiere. That's what they call it. Because I think I talked. To, I'm sure I've seen this in the past. I watched it again. It was on straight after the football on uh, on Wednesday, whatever night the football was on Monday night, or whatever. Uh, and they had Rooney, and they were they were plugging as the terrestrial debut mm. of the documentary Rooney. Uh, and even that one is, you know, postmodern. Put it that way. We get the, you know, I, I, I signalled this months ago that now you've got to have the clapperboard shot. You've got to have the shot, and it's Gary Neville in this one who he sits down on the chair yep. in the room that they've hired to do the interviews. He sits down mm. the chair. Right, should I start now? Do you want me to? Uh, yeah, okay, just uh, you know, so that. Very Louis Theroux. Yeah, very, very Louis Theroux. The Ronnie O'Sullivan one, Martin, um, I mean, again, how's it work? What's the nature of it? I mean, he's quite a complex soul, old Ronnie. So, I mean, getting access and and being able to sort of film what you like, I imagine, was quite difficult from a director's point of view, but I I don't know. Well, no, it's quite clever. I mean, Ronnie, as we know, is a riddle mixed with a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Mm. That is Ronnie O'Sullivan. So you sort of know what you're going to get. I would describe this as, as a bit of... There's quite a lot of psychobabble in it. Right. As you know, he... Um, I want to say Jeff Peters, but it's not Jeff Peters. It's the other guy. That Steve, Peters. Uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Peters. Steve Peters. Yeah. Jeff Peters. Yeah. 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 Steve's <laughs> written any sports psychology books. Uh, sorry, the, uh, Jeff, the paradox. Jeff the chimp, the, yeah, it's the chimp paradox, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, chimp that's, paradox, uh, yeah. That's what he's famous for. Mm. So there's a lot of that... Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that you... So we get Ronnie lying down on a bed to start with. Mm. And he's talking about you know everything he's gone through, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and how, in a way, I suppose a lot of this started with Andre Agassi and his uh, autobiography about yeah. how he didn't like tennis, and uh, but he was sort of wel- welded to it, wedded to it, if you like. Mm. Uh, and it's the same with Ronnie. You know, snooker has been a cruel mistress, yes. but uh, he, you know, he can't he can't break free. I mean, if you look at his addictions, and obviously a lot of the pro is about all that as well he's addicted to snooker if you like mm. um, and because this is the new sort of postmodern style of documentary you get a bit of choral music the, he's competing in uh, a tournament in Clandidno at the start of it and you get a shot of the very sort of bleak Landonno. I mean, London is very beautiful, yeah. but it's bleak but beautiful. Don't do it, James Cleverly, Martin, will you? No, I try not to. It's, uh, <laughs> no, that's a word I try and avoid it quite a lot. Um, it's, hard, it's, it's hard at three o'clock in the morning, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it starts with a shot of uh, the Landonno sort of seafront, the great orm going down to the seafront, mm. and somebody on a mobility scooter. 
And I thought to myself, ah, that's Lando. No, that the <laughs> director had picked that. As, and then Ronnie says it himself. He says, there's nobody here. There's just old people here. Oh. And Lando, apart from my friend Steve Doherty, who lives in London, okay. apart from that, there are ladies. <laughs> and they, they do this shot of the hotel, which is obviously like an old-fashioned hotel, continental, sort yes. of grand hotel type thing. Huge dining room. And just Ronnie sitting there on his own, very atmospheric shot, you know, where you can hear the knives and forks. If there were any knives and forks, you could hear them sort of nice. on the plate and you speak in a whisper. And that's and they sometimes have Radio 2 playing in the background at a very low level. But you'd recommend um, this. Ted Lowe, really, he used to speak. He, 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 he did whisper. Yes. Ted Lowe would I would recommend perfect, it. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you also what I would recommend mm. is the Amal, if you know, especially if you've not got the streaming services, the uh, Amal Rajan interview with, with Ronnie. Uh, yeah. With Ronnie. I love Amal Rajan. Mm. I do like him on University Challenge because yeah. he does the Channel questions. I, Martin, yeah. yeah, he does the questions twice as fast as Jeremy Paxman used to. Yeah. So you get two chances, you know, you get to answer a few more questions. <laughs> but I do like him on that. But he's very good on this. Uh, and there's a, there's a bit at the end where um, Ronnie is talking about how because the snooker authorities wanting to compete in all these tournaments in the UK, he doesn't get to go to China so much. Mm. And he says, um, they're not giving the snooker authorities, they're not giving me respect. And my wife said to me, who was watching it with me, she said, what do they mean by it? What does he mean by it? respect? I said, ah, you don't know about sport. Respect means money. If they say not <laughs> enough respect, it's money. Yeah, right. uh, ambition also means money. The club's got no ambition. Yeah. That means money. Yeah, so yeah. She's, she can translate now. Uh, you're, you're back tonight, Martin, I take it. Back tonight. One a.m. new on tonight. Oh, have you really? You know, Gary's well, got, Gary's got a book Gary's, out. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a book out. out. Yeah, yeah, everybody's right. got a book out. Well, but, yeah. um, got, you've got a book out, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Got, yes, What's it called again? I try not to mention it. It's called Wrestling in Honey, and okay. it's available from almost no good bookshops. <laughs> so, uh, we'll hear from you later, Martin. Thanks very much. Yeah, cheers, boys. There's Martin Kellner there. He's back at 1 a.m. through the night, overnight tonight, and tomorrow with extra time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with a slightly different show. Yeah. We are coming to you live from uh, London's busy West End. We're on the Strand. And um, we're going to be uh, bringing you a show from the the Oki. A uh, big dart show building up mm. to the uh, the draw for the uh, championships. Ian Danter will be with us. But we'll have all your regulars. Danny Kelly will be there and lots more besides. So I do hope you can join us. From one for the show. Until then, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.